insurance agents from around the world, welcome to the Insurance Guys podcast. My name is Scott Howell, your fearless host and leader, insurance agency owner and insurance evangelist for iProtect Insurance and Financial Services based out of Huntsville, Alabama. And before we get started on today's episode, please help me welcome, he is a six foot three sophomore from Sarah Land, Alabama, parade first team All-American, rivals five-star recruit. He is a fantastic insurance agent and a great American. Ladies and gentlemen, please stand and welcome the incomparable Mr. Bradley Flowers. How are you, Bradley? I'm great, Scott. How are you? Man, I am fan-super-tastic. I am in Huntsville, Alabama to finish the trilogy. Excuse me, Mobile, Alabama. Been a long two days, people. Mobile, Alabama to finish the trilogy, the Facebook trilogy. We have management that has flown in to Mobile, Alabama today to actually be with us and to share their thoughts, feelings, and uh, example of what we as insurance agents should be doing on Facebook. Guys, we've gone through a lot of information. This is part three of the trilogy, The Final Frontier, and we are here today with the other incomparable Mr. Patrick Romy. How you doing, Romy? Thank you, Scott. Good to be here. Thank you. Man, listen, guys, if you hadn't heard the other two podcasts, go back and listen to Patrick's two episodes Start with the first one that he was on, then go to the second one, and then finish up with the trilogy here. Patrick is on the 20-man team, the insurance team for Facebook. He is one of the management guys for that team. He is here to help you. He, he and his team do one thing and one thing only, and that is to help insurance agents like you, like myself, not like Bradley because Bradley already knows what he's doing, but for us guys and girls out there that don't know what in the hell we're doing on Facebook and Instagram, that's what his job is. That's what he does. And he and I had a conversation about that at lunch. He has a series of videos, and I want to ask him a question right now. Patrick, the series of videos that we talked about where we talk about how to do Facebook advertising, do you have any idea when the editing of those are going to be finished and those are going to be coming out? At this point, so we're editing them right now, so they should be coming out Soon is okay. what I can say. Okay. We shot three in February. Right. Three isn't quite a library, so we're hoping to be shooting more pretty soon and right. and uh, have a whole bunch of resources for all you guys. So and tell tell everybody, you know, somebody doesn't listen to what I just said and they just jump on this podcast. Yeah. Where would they go when those come out? Is there going to be something that's built that you guys are going to build for them to go as an educational? platform for them to go watch these videos yeah i think that's going to be the idea but if okay. we decide that we want them to be seen before that hub so right. to speak is built we'll we'll share them out with you guys and guys those those videos will also be there'll be a link from facebook to the insurance guys podcast.com where you can watch those videos as well i'm kidding by the way zucks probably won't want to do that but if he does we'd love to have him right bradley yeah absolutely yeah so here we go we're going to start with the trilogy and, again and what we will do if though if that is out uh by the time this episode airs we will link that in the show notes. Cool. Absolutely. So we want to provide as much value as possible for our audience. Absolutely. So guys, we're going to finish up the trilogy today. We've talked about general topics. We've talked about step-by-step tactical topics related to audience targeting on Facebook. Bradley, I want to thank you today and our three-part trilogy here. You have been a big part of that because you've been doing this since 2013. You're in the top 1% of all agents using Facebook right now, and you should be very proud of that. Do you understand what I'm saying? I do. Okay, good. So core audiences, custom audiences. We talked about lookalikes, ad placement on Facebook and Instagram. We just got through talking about Messenger. So 
right now we're going to talk a little bit about feed versus stories. Bradley, you're going to have to interject here, my brother. I don't do enough Facebook and Instagram marketing to speak intelligently on this topic. You're the insurance guy online, man. I know, but I just don't. I just don't do enough of it, man. I need to do better. I'm like a lot of these agents that are listening to this right now. I need to do better. So let's talk a little bit about feed versus stories, both Instagram and Facebook. What are the differences? Yeah. You know, people are seeing both, but there's got to be some differences there. Yeah, definitely are some differences. And I think think a safe assumption, right, is most of us are more familiar with feed. Uh, It's been around for mm, probably six or seven years. I might be underestimating that there. Um, But it's kind of a continuous scroll, right? You're scrolling up and down on Facebook and Instagram, and you're seeing posts from your your family, friends, loved ones, businesses, the things that you're interested in, um, you know, business leaders or celebrities, you know, Mm -hmm. that runs the gamut across both of those platforms. And I think for, for everyday people, what's different about feed is it's kind of, you know, you're take Instagram, for example, people who are posting pictures that end up in feed, that's kind of more of like the highlights of their day, Mm. or it's, it's, you know, the highlight of their month, you know, but I'll admit, I I don't post all that frequently Mm. Mm. um, when I upload pictures to to Instagram. Does it bother you that I spent like an hour last night looking at your very meager Facebook page? (laughs) It doesn't bother me because I can admit it is, it is meager. Well, but like pictures of you with a iguana on your shoulder. Yeah. Yeah, happy memories. Yeah, so before exactly. he creeps you out, he does that to every so, guest. Yes. He wants to get to know I them before try we... to get inside you, you and you, live inside you like I'm some kind of serial killer, but we won't talk about it. You know what bothers <laughs> me is I don't think I got a friend request. <laughs> oh. Well, I can tell you why. I so can you're, tell you why. You're a because, ghost follower. No, no. Well, yeah. But the reason I, I did that, and I, there is a purpose behind that, because I was creeping on you so hard last night, I thought it would actually probably be a little creepy. If before I meet him, I, I friend request him. Fair enough. So I so wanted weird. to wait until after today when we had our trilogy today to to actually send the friend request because I thought, man, he's going to be like. Really what it was is Scott knew if Patrick declined the friend request, it would hurt oh. his ego, and oh. that would just make these three podcasts suck. Yeah, we'd what all it was. just be sitting yeah, here be like tough. hardcore staring at each other. <laughs> like, <laughs> So, Patrick, uh, how do you uh, feel about people that do not accept <laughs> other people's friend requests on Facebook? Yeah. Forget all this Facebook advertising. Let's just talk about that for about an hour. <laughs> right, right. You ever seen the the clip of Cam Newton <laughs> at the great, uh, video. <laughs> Cam <laughs> Newton at the press conference? The Instagram or the uh, reporter said, "I saw on your Instagram where you da 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 and was basically saying you were partying the night right. before the game. That's why you lost the game." And Cam said, "Well, did you like the video?" And he said, "No, I didn't." He said, "Oh, so you're a ghost follower?" Okay, next question. <laughs> I love like, it. Did I love you like it? it? If you didn't like it, I'm not answering the question. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, man. Right. So, so let's talk about feed versus stories. Yeah. Again. So we got off on, ta- on tangent there. Feed is the, the highlight. Feeds are your highlights of your day. Stories are what? Yeah. So feed are the highlights, and you can tell from my, my meager profile and uh, Instagram handle. I'm not posting uh, all the time. But stories, what's really unique about them is they're – ephemeral and they don't stick around forever. So when you upload a story, that's a piece of content that will last for 24 hours for your followers to see, but then it kind of just goes away. So it sort of lowers the bar a little bit of, you know, having it be worthy of feed or having people react to it and like it. It's just kind of something, it's a format that's fun where you can kind of put content out and show kind of what's going on behind the scenes or what's going on with your everyday. And um, I think that's, it's an important topic for businesses to recognize because I think we're seeing more and more 
growth in terms of engagement and uh, number of people, you know, uploading content into the stories format. So there's a couple of different things that are, are different about stories when you think about, you know, businesses and stories is just off the bat, you know, feed, you're kind of used to scrolling and seeing different content live next to each other. A story actually takes over your entire phone. And so, you know, if you have a message in front of somebody in a story format, the only thing that they're seeing is a message from your business. And it kind of just, it it lives in between stories from friends or family or whoever you're following. Um, And the other thing that I'd say is, is, uh, is a little bit different is all the different uh, creative tools that come with stories and and the fact that it's also kind of video, not kind of, it is video based. Mm -hmm. So stories sort of started in a place of video or started with a video format. And it's it's just a kind of very visual uh, way of expressing yourself. And again, sort of lowers the bar from having everything look picture perfect. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, I think- it's not going to stay forever. Because it's not going to stay forever. People are a little bit more comfortable with, you know, sharing different pieces of their lives that Mm -hmm. aren't necessarily going to be there uh, in a week, a month, you know, or perpetuity. Can you advertise on stories? You can. Okay. Yeah. And we're actually- I've heard, heard, and I don't mean to interrupt, but I've heard Gary Vaynerchuk talk about in the last couple of months, how Instagram stories- uh, the CPM is extremely low right now that, that you bang for your buck wise, you're, you're getting a lot out of that. Exactly. Yeah. Just talking economics, there's more supply than there is uh, advertisers, mm. you know, advertising on Instagram stories. So I think in, in line with kind of back to the second episode of our mm-hmm. trilogy, mm-hmm. Um, what the advantage of, of stories and all these other placements, whether they're separate or together is it's, it's all about maximizing the opportunities to get your message in front of the right people at the right time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you have something like stories that has more people in it than the amount of advertisers that are trying to reach them, you're, you're going to, there's going to be some uh, benefits for businesses that are advertising that space. And, and when you, when you advertise on stories, whether it's Facebook or Instagram, do you still go to ad manager or is there somewhere else that you go? It's all ads manager. Okay. Yep. And there's so, just a button that you click. That the, th- the thing about stories too, from a branding standpoint, you know, I, I actually really didn't use them that much until about a year ago. Mm-hmm. And, and it's really probably the very reason we have guests on this podcast is I don't ever try to elaborate on anything. I'm not at least either a hundred percent sure about or B currently using, right. utilizing testing, things like that. I was giving a talk at a Keller Williams office and somebody asked me, what about stories? And I mm-hmm. didn't, I didn't really have anything. I'm like, I, I don't use them. I don't know. And so that sort of prompted me to start looking into it. And one thing that I really like about it, and now I use it. I don't think I've gone 24 hours without, I don't think I've gone an hour without having something on my story in probably a few months. I'm constantly putting stuff on there is, you know, and I don't know that you and I have talked about this on the podcast or not, is me and my wife went to the Jack Daniels Distillery. Have I told you about this? No. We went to the Jack Daniels Distillery a few months back. We toured it. and Came, came and, right through within 15, 20 miles of where I live and didn't stop. But go ahead. That's okay. Go ahead and keep, keep talking. Anyway, well, you did the same thing last night and come by my house. Ooh. So anyway. Trouble in paradise. <laughs> We, we tour it and we get done and we met up with some friends afterwards who had been there earlier that day. And my buddy was like, man, did you just want some Jack Daniels when you left there? And I'm like, you know, actually I kind of do. And I'm not a whiskey guy. I'm an IPA. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a dark, co- dark coffee IPA kind of mm-hmm. guy. Like I don't like, I don't really like, like whiskey that much. Another, something else that happened is uh, the movie Founder, which is about Ray Kroc and mm-hmm. McDonald's. I'm not a huge McDonald's guy. When I watched that movie, when we got done, I was like, damn it, I want some McDonald's. Right. And so 
what it is is it's the, the for lack of a better term, it's the story. Mm-hmm. It's it's binding people in. It's like I know the behind the scenes of this, therefore I want it. Mm-hmm. So from a branding standpoint, I like the stories because it allows me to lead my audience along on my journey. And it doesn't, ne- because it's recorded in the moment nine times out of 10, it doesn't necessarily have to be the most overproduced piece of content like that would be on my feed, you mm-hmm. know? So from a, from a branding standpoint, it allows you to, to let the people see the behind the scenes of your journey and therefore have an emotional connection with your brand. Sorry right. for the tangent. But. No, I, and to that point, Romy, we're going to talk in front of you for just a second. No problem. So re- review reverse back a year and a half ago, I got off of Snapchat. And I got off of Snapchat just about the time Instagram, well, Facebook, I'm sorry, because Facebook owns Instagram, had made the offer. I think it was $3 billion to buy Snapchat. Is that right? At that time, I believe it was some ridiculous. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It was a lot. You know, Snapchat said no. And then Zuck said, okay, well, we'll just put stories on Instagram. Do you remember this? It's like a year ago, year and a half ago. Well, about that time, I got off of Snapchat. And... Bradley and many other people that followed me on Snapchat threatened to sign an online petition. I was going to do it. Sign an online petition to get me back on Snapchat. And here's why. When I was on Snapchat, I cut it loose. Like, I cut it loose like you have never seen Scott Howell cut it loose. And I can't cut it loose on the podcast. I can't cut it loose on any other social media platform. But because there was no discoverability on Snapchat and it was only – my friends on Snapchat, I could cut it loose. My point in all that is to say this. I have no doubt that if I cut it loose on Instagram stories, Facebook stories, that would explode. But I don't know what it would do to my insurance career because... I think you'd be all right. I, 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 I went off on a lot of tangents about a lot of stuff. So Instagram stories, and I want to make sure we get back to this because we got wildly off our, our, our mark here. Instagram and Facebook stories, you said are gaining traction relative mm-hmm. to what people are looking at on those platforms. Is that correct? They are, yeah. So in terms of you know what we're hearing as far as like time spent and the number of people that are engaging in these formats, stories is actually on the has the trajectory of stories is so that it will likely pass the amount of engagement in feed. Wow. Yeah, which is pretty significant when you think about, you know, I think social media for a lot of businesses is building new muscles, right? right and right. so all of a sudden you have to think about, well, I need to mm-hmm. build a new muscle because there's this format called stories that's mm-hmm. a little bit different than feed, mm-hmm. a little bit different than what I'm used to. But again, you want to fish where the fish are. Sure. And uh, the more time that people are spending in stories, the more important it's going to be for for businesses to uh, think about, you know, what is their, how do they show up in stories? Mm-hmm. How do they connect with people in that, in that format and how they capture attention? And I'm guessing that the really the only way to do this in terms of gauging leads and you know branding that you're doing for your agency is to just try both and see which one works the best. Exactly. Yeah. I think um, you know the you know if you look at like Facebook for business on the mm-hmm. website there's plenty of success stories and there's plenty of case studies and whatnot but at the end of the day each business is different and I think for every business they're going to have a different journey and right. so um, that test and learn mentality I think is sort of the the common thread that we see mm-hmm. between the businesses that are out there, you know, doing the best work on, on right. Facebook and Instagram. So next topic up for bid here, All guys, right. we're, we're finishing up the trilogy today, three part series. 
with my friend and great American who I will be sending a Facebook friend request to, even though I don't know how many times you check it, Mr. Patrick Romy. Patrick, guys, if, if you haven't already heard, he is on the insurance team for Facebook. So this is the third part trilogy of a three podcast that we've done with Patrick over, over a day's period. So let's talk a little bit about ad creative and content for mobile. Okay. That was the next thing that we had up, up for bid here. So, you know, more creative, better your engagement, better your engagement, more leads, that kind of thing. Am I, mm-hmm. am I kind of on the money there? Do you have any statistics, factual evidence of what works? Do pictures work better than video? Does video work better than pictures? Uh, how long does that video need to be? Is there any copy that, that works better than others? Those kinds of things. Those are all great questions. And I think, uh, I think the honest answer is, you know, we're, we're constantly experimenting and working with different partners to understand those questions ourselves. Um, it's uh, with the amount of data that exists, uh, you know, within our, our systems, you'd think it'd be easy to, to figure out some of those questions, but it's, it's actually incredibly difficult to sort of differentiate different types of messages or different formats. And then you start to think about different businesses and use cases. But what I will say, I think, I think you're starting to go in this direction. And we talked uh, about it a little bit earlier on previous podcasts is that I sort of like to think about creative as the the secret sauce, right? And I think um, there was a gentleman at Agent 2021 who was up on the panel, with, and I agreed wholeheartedly. You know, all the things that we've talked about around targeting and ad placements and measurement, every business can do that. And, th- and those are table stakes. Like, I think businesses need to get that right so that once they have everything set up for success, they can focus in on content and understanding what is going to be the most relevant. How are you going to differentiate yourself to your audience? So as far as advice or recommendations, I think it's a lot of kind of what we covered earlier as far as building content for mobile, right? So people have the phone volume off typically. Smartphones are vertically oriented. What are kind of visual cues that you can use to catch people's attention? Those those all definitely still apply. And I think to hit on your question earlier, Scott, I think uh, with stories in mind and uh, with the way that people are consuming media these days, think more video because that's also continuing to, to trend up. So. Yeah, right. So guys, next item up for bid, and this is the part that I wanted, I wanted Bradley to you know hopefully get something out of, tips for advanced advertisers. But as we talk about tips and tricks for these advanced advertisers like Bradley, whether he believes it or not, what are some tips that you have for him? Yeah, I, I think most of the tips and tricks, so to speak, are really around tools uh, that will help you be more confident that you're measuring business outcomes uh, as a result of running ads on Facebook, Instagram, Messenger, all these all these different platforms and surfaces. And so that can be things like what we've talked about, right? The Facebook pixel, that's going to help you understand you know, what pe- what actions people are taking on your website. Were they shown Facebook ads prior to them taking those actions, um, helping you understand how your ads are influencing your target audiences. But it can also mean integrations, right? To kind of throw that word out there. And hopefully that's not going to uh, trigger a nap. <laughs> what I think the, the power of integrations is, is um, not only is it allowing businesses to um, upload transactions that happen off of Facebook so that they can also understand was there um, exposure to Facebook ads that maybe led to uh, this phone call that I got or somebody walking in through the door, for example. 
Um, but it's also integrations are also helping to um, automate repetitive tasks and workflows so that businesses, agents alike, can focus their time and effort on uh, more high impact tasks and have a lot of these potentially time consuming repetitive tasks sort of just taken care of. So one sort of tangible example of that would be if uh, you have a uh, agency management system or a CRM uh, that you're using to upload a customer list or create a customer list that you would use for Facebook custom audiences, there are integrations that would allow you to connect that audience to Facebook and have that refreshed on a recurring basis. So for example, if your customer list, however that's defined, let's say it's folks with a homeowner's insurance with you, if that changes over time, you don't need to necessarily worry about manually making those changes and making sure that that list is reflected in Facebook. An integration would allow that to happen kind of more automatically so that you could know that you're always using you know fresh data and that's helping to keep your message relevant how does it do that so the, <laughs> uh, how it does that uh without being able to kind of speak to like coding and the api but essentially it's two systems being able to talk to each other through through apis and so if you make a change in your in your crm um that is you know that crm being able to make a call to facebook's mm-hmm. api right and uh, it, Facebook being able to automatically ingest what those changes are so right. that the output, which is, say, a custom audience in this example, reflects what changes happened right. in your CRM. Right. And that's that's a little bit on the fringe of what will be so exciting about us being able to quote and then bind through Facebook when we merge our technology with Facebook's. But anyway, I, I digress. So we talked about Facebook pixels, and then I'm going to wrap this up after this. So for the agent out there that has a website – Good, you know, need to have a dynamic website. Obviously, they want to put a Facebook pixel on their website. Now, I'm not technology savvy. Uh, you know, I can do some things, but not a lot. So, is this something that their that their web their web guy would need to take that Facebook pixel, the code for that pixel, and put on their site? Yeah, I'm I'm really glad you uh, you asked that question. Yeah, your uh, your web guy or web developer mm-hmm. um, should be able to help you out here with the implementation. It's a fairly standard yeah. pixel. Um, they grab it off of Facebook and copy the URL and then yeah. Take so it. an ads manager, you're going to be able to pretty much click a button right. that will generate the code that you right. can copy and paste send to your web guy. Sure. And uh, and then they'll be able to implement it. A lot of websites typically have a um, uh, container tag mm-hmm. system mm-hmm. Um, where instead of kind of having to place individual pixels on individual pages, it's kind of one place where you can have your pixel um, added to and then it'll just be applied to all of your pages. So it makes it it makes it easy. So last question of the day. All Guys, right. we are wrapping up the trilogy today. Patrick Romy has been with us for three episodes of the podcast. We've been we've focused on Facebook and, and Instagram and talked about a lot of different things today and i hope everybody got some good information out of this but um what about television you see facebook entering into the the facebook tv like apple is is now announced that their apple tv is about to unveil or just unveiled a few weeks ago um do you see television being one of the frontiers that facebook becomes the next netflix well it's interesting to see how i guess what we think about as television is is evolving right so plenty of people are cutting the cord uh, Netflix has obviously done extraordinarily well. 
Amazon's building out their content business, mm. Apple, to your point. Um, Facebook has started to invest more in um, original content mm. and sort of more longer form. That was a result of seeing that while a lot of consumption and feed and stories is kind of very quick, right. um, there are people who are just consuming more video right. uh, on their phone, and it's, it includes long form. So we created uh, what's called Facebook Watch. So mm-hmm. it's a tab on your Facebook app where it's tailored based on your interests and page that you, pages that you like, but it also has uh, original scripted uh, content that also lives there that is much like you know TV shows that you would see on on any channel. So Facebook is uh, we we are experimenting, mm-hmm. um, and we're actually seeing a lot of of growth in that area. Mm-hmm. But it'll be interesting to see sort of how this idea of television evolves overall. Um, and it's hard to see kind of where exactly the the puck is going there. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you a story before we go. So about a month ago, I walked into a gas station in rural. It was in rural Alabama somewhere, like one horse town kind of thing late at night nine ten eleven o'clock at night i don't remember exactly what time it was but the girl behind the cash register had her phone i could see her behind the cash register and she had her phone in her hand and she didn't even know i came in she was so involved in whatever ever she was looking at that that she never looked up at me so i walk up to the counter and as i walked up and approached her she finally recognized i was standing there and she looked up to from her phone and i said Ma'am, what are you what are you watching on there? I just wondered what she was watching, and uh, she said, "I'm I'm watching a show on Facebook Watch right now," and so that's that was in rural Alabama a month ago, and so uh, that was one of the reasons I asked you that question. Is I see Facebook Watch, somebody in rural Alabama is watching it. That means a lot of other people are watching it. Can I tell one quick story that I yeah. learned last week? So one of the uh, one of the original programs that we have is a show called Returning the Favor. Uh-huh. Do you remember Mike Rowe from uh, mm-hmm. Discovery Channel's yeah. Dirty Job? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he hosts this show called Discovering, or sorry, called uh, Returning the Favor. They have this cool feedback loop where people on Facebook are watching the show. Mm-hmm. They're also nominating people in their local communities that are doing great work that mm-hmm. would benefit from Mike and his crew coming in and you know helping them out not right. only to raise awareness but also raise funds to support mm-hmm. whatever whatever they're doing and I think uh, stories like that are, are amazing because you know we're so used to just kind of watching a television mm-hmm. show and it being a one-way experience right this Facebook watch community and specifically this show is allowing people to sort of participate. Yeah, it's interactive TV. Yeah, exactly. So that I think is really, really cool. Well, and if you want to know where t- TV is going, that's exactly where it's going and stuff like that. Well, and, and I'm waiting on the day where an insurance agency creates their own reality show mm-hmm. on YouTube or Facebook on, on these social platforms. I want to do it really bad. I would be doing it right now, but I don't, I don't quite have the budget to do it the way that I want to do it. But I don't think it'd be that hard. I mean, you, you, all you really do is you, you record one day a month, you know, and, and, and literally it can be, you know, everybody has those moments in their day where they, um, something funny happens and like, man, Scott, we ought to have our own reality show. Right, right. All it you would really would take it. is just a little bit of, just a little bit of camera readiness uh, uh, so you didn't look like you were reenacting it. And all uh, you have to do is reenact it. So you pick one day a month and you do that, and I guarantee you, you will get business from it because people are going to be like, you tell me Ryan Serhant hadn't hadn't sold real estate off of Million Dollar Listing or his his blog that he does, 
Uh, and, and, and honestly, I argue that he gets more business off the vlog than he does the right. reality show, right. you know? So I'm waiting on the day that somebody does that. If one of our listeners doesn't do it, well, Scott I'm gonna, and I are going to have to do it. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, uh, again. What are you guys waiting for? Yeah. <laughs> going back to the guy that. Six hours between us. Yeah, right. The, the guy that was speaking that I talked about. Phil Nottingham is, yeah. I think, what his name yeah, was. Yeah, I believe you're right. So Phil Nottingham, one of the very last things he said uh, when he was up on stage at Elevate was he said, I want to challenge each of you that are here today. Now, he just given about a 45-minute presentation, maybe an hour, on video and the future of video and, and Facebook and video on Facebook and Instagram, and he covered all the social media platforms. But he ends his speech with this. He says, I want to challenge each person here in this audience today to become your own Netflix. And that is exactly what Bradley Flowers just said. Patrick, I want to tell you how much I appreciate you being here today, brother. I love you. Uh, if there's any ever, ever anything I can do to help you, please let me know. And I really appreciate you being on the show today and sharing all your experiences and your knowledge, man. Yep, You Thank bet. You. Thanks Thank for having me. Guys, my this name has is, been one of our my favorite sessions we've ever done. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's been one of mine as well, guys. Hey, I hope hope everybody got something out of this, guys. You know, we covered a lot of information. Uh, I don't know how Bradley is going to choose to disseminate this information relative to whether he, you know, puts them all out at one time on one Wednesday as a trilogy, or whether he goes week to week to week. I'll let him decide it'll that. A, it'll be a VHS box set. Exactly, exactly. But guys, I hope you got something out of this today. We love all of you, and we appreciate all of you listening. It means so much to Bradley and I both that that you guys reach out to us, and I and I uh, I just can't I can't really put into words what it means. But you know, we're no different than you are. We're just trying to to fight the good fight and, uh, you know, sell a little bit of insurance along the way. But I hope, hope you got something out of this podcast. Remember what I always say, guys. Rewards come from action, not discussion. Get your ass out from behind that desk today. Stop shuffling paperwork. Stop spending three hours looking at your damn scorecard bonus. Stop freaking doing whatever the hell else you're doing that you don't need to be doing. And get your ass out there and go sell some insurance today. Make money for your family. Make money for your children, your wife, your husband. And write good business for the agencies that you represent. Write good business for the companies that you represent. Bradley Flowers, I love you. Love you too, buddy. Thanks, Patrick. Patrick, have a great flight back, brother. Thanks, guys. All right, take care. Guys, you are listening to the Insurance Guys podcast, and we'll see you back here real soon. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. If you need to know more about me or you need to get in touch with Scott, you can always reach me at theinsuranceguyonline.com or email me at iprotectins at gmail.com. And if you need to get in touch with Mr. Bradley Flowers, go to bradleyflowersinsurance.com or email him at bradley at sarahlandinsurance.com. Guys, we love you. Thank you so much for listening. We look forward to being with you again real soon on the next episode of the Insurance Guys. Take care.